You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. Well, I came here with just one drink. And that's all I got now, don't you think? That's right. That's how it all gets started here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. So this is guaranteed to be a fun little podcast here. We've been <laughs> having many cocktails at the Speakeasy. Our friend Curtis Gilman is still here with us. He thought he was done last talking week. on the he podcast. Thought he, was done. he thought he was done last week. But oh, here we are again. So I'm, this week. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Ruben Hunt. Our special guest. Curtis Gilman. And we're at the Rusted Nail. Speakeasy, a little speakeasy outside of Brookville, Indiana, where we record the podcast. Where guests don't get done. They get like turkeys. They get finished. <laughs> you know why I thought I was done? Why? Because you guys said we're done. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard that. With that one. With that one. Yeah, it's all good, Kurt. It's all good. It's okay. I'm, I'm happy. I told you guys. What did I say when I got off? I said, this was a blast. So, Curtis, you got to understand, you know, table 12, they're over, they're over here having their good time, and they're not ready to go home yet. Yeah. So, the, hey, uh, so we're yeah. asking, how's Curtis's wife doing tonight? How are you doing? She's smiling. So. She's smiling. smiling. Yeah, it's all good. You know what? One of the reasons I married her, she's always smiling. Good. There you go. There Even you go. when she's mad, she's smiling. <laughs> that could be scary. Those are the ones that scare you, though, too. <laughs> you never quite know what's going on. So, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about Dwayne was getting ready to race yes. against his daughter, Michelle. So, tell us, how did that go down, Dwayne? Well, it, all it, Start out the, well, yeah, we got to start out in the heat race. We drew one and we drew one and two in the heat race, so we're starting on the side by side. We're starting side by side on the pole. Um, and I told her, I said, you know, I'm not giving you anything this race. I'm racing to the to the turn one. And I, I I did give her a little bit, but I gave too much, and I let one other guy around me. But she ended up winning the heat. I finished third, but before we go out to the race you know and i know most of the guys i don't know them all but i asked her i said okay who's in this heat that we got to worry about she goes uh dad all of them i'm like what do you mean all of them she goes uh these are all fast cars i'm like oh great you know the flipping heat i draw you know i raced once twice a year maybe and i get the first heat with all the fast cars but i finished third so i was pretty proud of myself so we finished third i end up starting the feature then uh fourth row i think fourth row outside so which is not bad. I'm, I'll take that, and uh, and I'm doing. I'm holding my own. I've got around a couple cars, and I'm doing pretty good. And about that time, coming out of turn two, there was a car behind me that I, my opinion was he didn't like getting beat by my daughter's backup car because he was one of the fast cars. So he decided that he was just going to drive through me coming out of two, and literally did hit me in right. the left quarter and just he never lifted. And I don't have a problem getting hit. Things happen. You know, you right. hit somebody. But sure. when you hit somebody, you kind of lift and let go and straighten out. No, he hit, drove straight through me and almost flipped it. Dalton, my son-in-law, was worried. He thought I was going to flip. I was just pissed. It was close. Yeah, it was close. But I was pissed more than anything because then I'm figuring, like, oh, the car's damaged. You know, this car's screwed up. I'm not going to get a race. So I pulled out, pulled out over the 
the hump that I was on and got back out on track. Car felt good. So I, I come back around. I look up at my son-in-law in the stands and I'm, you know, moving the car back and forth, let him look at it. And he's like, thumbs up. So I'm like, all right, let's go. So we go back to racing. And of course I get put on the tail, even though I didn't cause the caution, I was in the caution. So I get put on the tail. So we go back to racing and we're battling back up and I get getting back closer the car that took me out got one car in front of me and i decided right then and there that if he was there that was my new target for the night so you're not supposed to get even but hey kick me out i'm race one race a year so we went around another lap and then he pulled off the track and got off and i thought well that was probably good for him because it was probably going to end bad for both of us one way or the other but i I had a blast so so and again so uh i and robin and margie and reuben were all there up in the uh, michelle baird uh, cheering section <laughs> yes and uh everybody was cheering for michelle i gotta tell you Dwayne. Wait, I, was, I, I had I one was, cheering for me. i was cheering for you to come in second <laughs> and, 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 I, and i was too i i was too i i well i knew she she better beat me in her car she is she has a faster car so she but i told her i said you better beat me tonight where, where yeah. does this take place at Larchburg Speedway. My daughter races. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. She races a horn. Right, right there across from the the casino. Yeah. Is, is this a regular thing that you and your daughter race together? No, I just do it for. They've got, my daughter's got two cars. She's got a backup car. She's racing for the championship. So my son-in-law aggravates me and tells me, "Hey, you need to race. You need to race." So I just said, "Yeah, okay, I'll go race." Is it. this a dirt track? Yeah, dirt yes. track. It's, I'd love to come and watch you sometime. This yeah, sounds really fun. We'll make that happen. We'll, hey, have you? Have, has she ever been to the track in Winchester? I have. I've raced Winchester in my oh, Arca track. Hey, Winch- Gas City yeah. has one Gas also. City. Well, Gas yes. City's uh, is uh, dirt. And yes, Winchester's right. a, Winchester's a, a, a high bank half yeah. mile. Yeah. Asphalt, yeah. But, I, uh, I, I had the privilege one time, the absolute privilege, when I drove a NASCAR. And yeah. uh, it, it was with a vendor in Las Vegas. And that was the happiest day of my life. And I've been married and I've had three children. <clears throat> Driving that NASCAR was the so, happiest day so, of my life. So do you know you're sitting across from a guy that drove an ARCA truck? And, oh, a, really? NAS- and yeah. a NASCAR truck. And a NASCAR track. truck. Yeah, I raced ARCA for seven years oh, and then we man. raced Camping World for two. So, But yeah, I've raced Winchester. That's Of all the races and all the tracks I've ever raced, that is the funnest, most adrenaline, exhilarating track to drive because you drive wide open. It looks challenging. I, w- I would assume it's. It is, but it's. You almost gotta. You've got to get your foot to overpower your brain, um, because driving into the turn, you drive in wide open, um, and you can't lift when you're in the turn. If you lift, you crash. You're going so fast that physics throws you out of the track. And the first time there, first time racing there, I asked one of the other drivers, I'm like, you know, what's this track like? What do you do? How do you handle this? And we, there was two Fords. I was the other Ford guy, so I asked him. And he's like, all I can tell you is just don't lift in the turn. I'm like, what do you mean don't lift in the turn? He says, just don't lift in the turn. He walked away. And I'm like, what the frick is that supposed to mean? So, so I'm out there. We're doing hot laps, and, and we've got spotters. So I'm out there, and I think I'm in the clear. So I radio my spotter. I said, hey, is anybody around me? He goes, no, why? I said, ah, never mind. And I'm just going around tracks. So I, I drive, I dive into three, you know, and I'm wide open, and the truck stuck to the track, and I just started to roll my foot up off the throttle, and I could feel the truck coming up. I mean, and this is all happening in a half a second, but you could feel the truck coming up. About that time, I felt the ASN start to come around. I'm like, oh well, back on the floor, put it back to the floor. You felt the truck stick back to the track, and around we went. I'm like, 
Don't lift in the turns. <laughs> so I did the retropedic driving school down on the Orlando that, track. That's basically what I did. Yeah. And, well, I've done it there. I did the Kentucky Speedway in Indianapolis. But the first time I did it was Orlando. And I'll never forget that first lap around there. It was like you couldn't control the car. It was all over the place <laughs> until the, it sucked down on the track. Then, you know, they have those throttled down. They don't tell you, but just lay in the gas the whole way i mean you're yeah. fine they, they did tell me and i think mine was richard petty too and i did it in vegas and there's dots around right. the yeah. uh, around the speedway and you just follow those follow dots. dots and they they did tell me and, and it's a four-speed manual transmission oh, you yeah. get you get yeah. it in a fourth gear I do that so and then bad. you never take your foot off the accelerator yeah. so and, and i was there with like 15 other people and we were competing to see who would get the fastest time and, and i don't even know i i feel like it was more the car than what it was the driver because we all did exactly what we were told i I would bet that not everybody kept their foot on the accelerator (laughs) in the corners i I did i got about third or fourth place i I can tell you uh that was my first dirt track race in a long time when we watched michelle and you raced a couple weeks ago and i i was the guy in the stand going standing up and pointing to the right and everybody's like this guy's been around racing for a while because i mean i was totally involved with that i loved it and I give five hundred dollars if I get in your car. You drove <laughs> just because I want to do that sometime. Hey, uh, we got a big field out here. I'm telling you, man. I loved it. And I, I know five hundred dollars. Dylan might take. Let me tell you, you might be in Dalton's car. <laughs> I want to tell you, uh, Michelle knows Dalton. how to drive that car. Yes, she ain't afraid to push it. No, and she was pulling sideways on every every point. She was pulling her rear end on the current turns of those, and she stayed right in that guy's ass the whole time. And I'll tell you what, I was pumped the entire time. And Margie yeah, came good. off the it track and she said, oh, my God, I can't wait to come back. It was great. And I could tell you if those roles would have been, if one and two, she was running oh. she was running second behind the leader. Yes. If they would have been the other way around, he would have spun her. He would have. I know. I know he would have. But she drives clean. She, she drives does. the way I taught her. And you, you beat somebody it. or you don't beat them. If you can't beat them. You know, you don't deserve to win, and that's the way she races. So, so Dwayne, in that. that in that race, so just again, so the guy that spun you out, did he get penalized? Was he got there a penalty for that. Yeah, he got he got called for rough driving. That's why he got put on the very tail. But okay. to me, but I know. So so your son Dalton is sitting down yeah. at the front row in front right. of us. We're watching. Yeah. We're watching him. <clears throat> as soon as it happened, I mean, he's up. He's up throwing his arms up, looking for somebody to call it. I guess. Yeah, right? he was, and, and it was pretty clear. He saw, he saw exactly from all the way across the track. Right, he saw yes. exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. he could. And, I mean, you could tell. And I mean, I knew as soon as it hit me that I knew what he did. He drove. I knew he drove through me. He it did. wasn't just a hit. It was a hit, spin, and and yeah. go. And you know, and it, it just, it's just frustrating, especially in that that class i mean in any of the classes down there it's not worth hurting somebody right so the real question is did that car have a cross the line 1524 sticker on it yes it did yes it did did it it get damaged no No. it's up high enough it's safe (laughs) we're gone so we're still safe how fast do these cars go the hornets are probably the hornets are would run with the pure stock with the v8 that class and the speeds are probably 60 70 mile an hour that's fast on dirt yes, on it is. well and you're in a four-wheel drive yes. front it's in a chevy cavalier this is a four-cylinder cavalier going Wide 70 out. miles an hour with stock suspension street tires no race tires nothing what is really. that three-eighths of a mile track then? it's yeah it's a big three-eighths three-eighths yeah dirt and i'd track. say i'd ain't nothing better to watching a lady driver stand alone on that track 
So she's got, we got, what she did. She's got a lot of fans. She yeah, she does. So yeah, we went. Jeff and I went last year when they yeah. had uh, they had the school buses the and Enduro. everything, um, and it was really fun to watch her in that race. But it got shortened by rain. But when she was racing, you could tell every lap. I mean, she was making ground, she was making ground, making ground. And there was no doubt if the race would have lasted the entire length. Like it was supposed to. Like it was supposed to. She would have won. Yes. My um, son-in-law set the car up for the race we were told it was going to be. As we're pulling on the track, they told us they're cutting 40 laps off the race. So the car was set up for the longer race, or 20 more laps. We yeah. needed the 20 more laps. She'd have won the race. It was supposed but, to be like 70-lap race. Yeah. They cut it at 40-something. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it happens. She'll be racing the 12th. The 12th of June, I think, is her next race. As, as a father-in-law and as your your son-in-law watching his wife out there and you watching your daughter out there, I understand this one, you were out there racing with her. But what's that feeling? Is, is there fear uh, for for her coming from your, your son-in-law? Is there fear for his wife or just... No, Just I mean, we were, well, I mean, she was she was born racing. I mean, she grew up with racing, so I never had a fear. That's that's awesome. <clears throat> and and I, I I'm as a father of three little girls, I'm fearful for lack of a better term when I put them on their bicycle, right? Or or when I like well, I, I strapped her in derby cars when she was uh, twelve. So she's been running demolition derbies and figure eight races because we I grew up doing it. So as they got old enough, they learned to drive their first. They, they they were driving cars stick shifts when they were 12 as as i was and, and my my daughter not stick shifts yet but automatic and and that's a great way way to raise your children and it's one thing if you're there as a dad you're right there in the in the passenger seat with them but i mean kudos to you that's really cool that you're able to do that and 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 watch her and have this confidence yes and and I hope someday I'm able to like push my daughters to do things like that if that's what they want to do. It's right. awesome. But, but I, I I always just you know I'm just afraid of them getting hurt in anything they do. So well, I, I guess I'm that protective dad. Well, the coolest thing. Well, I am protective because everything we do is safe. Uh, my son-in-law, when my daughter met him, he was running pure stocks and his cars. They needed some stuff adjusted and things done to make them a little better. And he had ideas, and I would go, "No, this you don't do this because this is why." You know, safety in the roll cage is where you put bars. So, there's the cars are built very safe, and I'm very proud of him. The car my daughter is driving is probably the safest car on the track. He buys her the best seat. She has a full containment seat. She has a good helmet. She runs a Hans device. There's extra bars in the doors. There's an extra bar in the in the roof above her head. There's one beside her. There's right. you know, there's the Newman bar and there's another bar that's been added for other safety, even though she's not at speed. So, in that respect, well, that that's very cool. And I, I wasn't trying to imply <clears throat> that you know you would let your daughter be in unsafe situations. No, but, but that makes me feel more yeah. comfortable letting her. If it was, it's it's calculated risk, I guess, right? right? I mean, you could, we could go out the door right here tonight driving home and, you know, something worse right. could happen, you know. so You know, one I'd like to say, too, is one, is it was in, great for us to go down and watch Michelle run. And then it's great to watch our partner in Cross the Line <laughs> yeah, run, too, cool. also. I had a ball, And it was too. even yeah. better to watch his daughter <laughs> beat his butt on the pole. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell you, I also wanted to shout out to the guys that run the sprints. Uh, there was a young boy that night, 15 years old. His name is Saban. And he ran the epoxy sprint car, and he's 15. And I was watching these cars go around that track going, what in the world kind of cojones does a man have to have to climb in a car and do that and that? 
in a sprint car. This kid's 15 years old, and he wiped a track down there. And that's impressive. Uh, so learning, seeing what Michelle does and then what you get, I can tell you, my wife is total giddy about it. So are she you telling wait. me you feel the need for the speed? Dude, I'd climb in that car speed. right now. It'd probably be okay, the last this is person a deal. in line. So I wouldn't let's, right let's, now, but I would tomorrow morning. So let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's do the Richard Petty Driving School or the Kenny Wallace hey, School. And you know what, Ruben, put your money where your mouth is because you said for $500. I'll do you it. Get, you get in Wayne's car. I think it's around, when I did it, I think it was around that price. No, I want to do it in Petty. that car. No, he okay. wants to be on the track. There's a, I want to be on the track and nothing, in a live race. Well, the, the, okay, you want to be in a live race. Yeah. Okay, that's a little yeah. different. But if you have the opportunity to do that Richard Petty driving oh, experience. I'd love to do it. And I, I, was, I was very lucky that uh, a vendor of ours is Rustolam paid for me to do like 10 laps sure. and and I'm not kidding when I tell you it was it was an amazing experience but it just the power you feel yeah. is, is unreal and that's I'd nothing because of the it. throttle down. I mean, it's right. not. See, because my Arca truck would have yeah. outran. My Arca truck would have out. My V6 would outran the Re- Richard Petty car. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. We so were, are, are those toned down a little, those Richard oh, yeah. Petty cars? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it didn't feel yeah. like it. Yeah, my yeah. V6, my V6 Arca truck would have whooped that, whooped that car. So that I, I've, I've got a, I've got a Mustang GT Premium 5.0 that, that's, that's <laughs> very fast. But I, I guess your V6 Arca car would outrun my Mustang. When we raced, well, Arca, <laughs> yeah, uh, we raced Arca. Arca cars, were, which are basically the same as the Bush series. Well, the, they're now um, Xfinity, right, they're but they Xfinity. were the Arca cars were the Bush series. When we ran, we would run companion race the Arca cars and the Arca trucks at Salem Speedway in Salem, Indiana. When the last two years I raced, I would have qualified in the middle of the ARCA car field with my truck qualifying time. So we're running almost the same speeds as the V8 cars, but with a Ranger. It was a Ranger size instead of a full-size car. So, yeah, we were running Winchester at 150. You know, oh my so, gosh, so that's a short you know, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the and the the my funnest race was the last race we raced there. There was the two Fords. We were, if you could hook up on the bottom line, it was fun. So I'd hooked up on the bottom, and I could almost pass him every lap, but you couldn't. But I could have dropped a piece of paper between us. We were that close, at wide open throttle, and just having a ball. So out of all the places I did a petty thing, Orlando was the funnest. It was a third mile short trial track. short track. Yeah. So my average lap speeds were one. 28 i think which is it really you're flying yeah that's yeah. cooking but yeah, that's fast. it's nothing <clears throat> like if it would have been a if you wouldn't have been throttled down you'd spin out in the corners because you you okay. know the here pull, after yeah. the third lap i was down and didn't lift but i mean it was crazy because that first two laps you're like well, there's no way I can go any faster. I, it, I'm all over the place holding it. Those I'm people like, don't experience 100 mile an hour, let alone in a track. Right. So it, it's fish. unreal. It's the the time I did it in Las Vegas. I was the first couple laps. You know, you go around with a professional driver, and you're in the passenger seat. And I actually really had some quite a bit of adrenaline going because he's going into this turn so fast. And I'm like, well, his car is going faster. I guarantee his car is not throttled like yeah. the one you drove. I think I thought it was the same car. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Yeah, I bet it's but going into that turn, I'm like, man, he's going to spit out. You can't go into a turn this fast. <laughs> and then you don't realize this is not the cars that we're driving on right, uh, right. on St. Mary's Road on the way home. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. And, and then you get into it and you're like, oh my God, this handling is, it, it's unreal. 
Yeah, I did the driving experience once. Well, Dodie, I won it through Snap-on, and I was giving it to Dodie. Well, she got down there, and she didn't want to do it. So I got in the car, and the guy's like, you know, we're driving a race car now, you know, and, and, I, and I just, and I didn't say a word. I'm like, yeah, really? You know, and he's like, yeah, and. Hey, it, it, I just I just have to put one editorial comment in here. If you want it through Snap-on, then you paid for it. Well, I know, <laughs> but but the first turn we went into, our first, we were just we weren't even on the track yet. And racing, you drive two footed. You drive left foot, you know, your left foot brake, right foot gas. Well, we went in the first, and I just let off the gas, and I rolled my left right foot over to hit the brake. And he's like, you know, in racing, we use both feet on. Her. I said, you really? Can you use them both? So we. <laughs> We get out on the track, and then the, and their driving experience is different from racing. Is where you go. Well, the guy in front of me wouldn't flip and go, and uh, so I wanted to go around him. Well, there you're supposed to slow down and go under him. So I'm going to go around him, and he's grabbing my pant leg to pull up on my pant leg. So I got off there. So we finally get around this guy, and and he's like, you know, and he told me before. He said, when you get to this cone, lift. Well, I didn't lift, so he pulled my. He pulled my foot up off the throttle. He because we didn't have radio between us when we were racing, which was strange that they didn't give us communication. But his communication was his left hand on my right leg, pulling my pants leg up off the throttle because I wanted to go faster. So we made our few laps, and then we got all done. And, and uh, he got back here and he goes, "You've driven before, ain't you?" I said, "Just a little bit." Yeah. <laughs> so when I did it in Orlando. You followed a pace car. There was one, right? And right. as long as you stayed within three or four car lengths, well, I was on that guy's he ass kept, the he entire kept going time. Faster, yeah. right? right. And so it was hilarious because I think I had the second fastest time because there was a guy that must go there, and, and the people there even said he's here every week. <laughs> so he beat me, and then uh, everybody else was like eighty mile an hour average laps. You know, right. it was. But it was 80. fun. Yeah. 80. I, why even leave the freeway? No, I do that on Route 1. I know, right? <laughs> well, we drive different than some people. So, Well, good deal. I'm glad. You know, you think there's going to be another chance that you race this year? There's probably going to be at least one. I, I, I've got to see it. We'll, we'll let Curtis know. And All right. We'll we'll, I want to buy the seat. We'll make an evening. I'll tell Dalton. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell Dalton. $500, you, you better get your ass a suit ready to wear. <laughs> no, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool down there. It that was night because they started that first heat side by side. It was like great. that is awesome. That's it is just well, great. and back to that too. We we were the first father daughter to race in Arca. That's really cool because we went to Arca to the coin to the dirt mile, and I had two Arca trucks. I had a backup truck. Well, they wanted extra trucks there. She was only sixteen, and this is a one mile flat dirt track. It's a horse racing track, and uh, they wanted more car- trucks there. So I said, all right, I'll bring my truck as long as my daughter. Cause she wasn't old enough by their rules yet i said as long as she can drive it i'll bring it and they're like okay we'll make exceptions so we were the first father daughter team to drive in a that, in a in an arc that, race. that's really cool and that's something that your daughter will have that forever and you'll right. have that forever it's just right. a, a really cool experience and actually several weeks prior to that she was the first lady to win a race at that track I, i'm still trying to confirm that i think confirm she's that? the yeah. first feature winner yeah yeah i'm still trying to confirm it for sure but Cool. Yeah, but she takes no crap from anybody. All right, so we're gonna change. We're gonna change up here a little bit. So I sent something. This will be a spur of the moment for Curtis. I sent a little blip to all the guys this week to to watch a little clip from sixty minutes, and I'm gonna play that clip. I'll play the audio part of it here. Before I play it, I want to read this to everybody. The universe spans an estimated ninety three billion light years. That's all. It distance. contains an estimated 
two trillion galaxies, a trillion solar systems, and eight or nine trillion planets. Dun, dun, dun. Bill Whitaker on unidentified aerial phenomena. <laughs> this week on 60 Minutes, we reported on unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, more commonly known as UFOs. The Pentagon says this night vision video was taken by Navy personnel and is being investigated. Unusual sightings like this one continue to occur and be captured on video. Last August, the Pentagon set up the UAP task force to collect and analyze evidence gathered by service members who are now being encouraged to report these strange encounters. We met two former Navy pilots, Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich and Commander Dave Fravor. In 2004, they witnessed something shocking, inexplicable, and seemingly out of this world. Did the thought of UFO enter your minds? It was unidentified, and that's why it was so unsettling to us, because we weren't expecting it, because we couldn't classify it. But what I want to be really careful of here is that we um, don't jump to conclusions, right? That we don't sensationalize this or... Little green men? Uh, yeah, little green, little men, green men or extraterrestrial. Yeah. You're seeing something that defies explanation. Right. Very much. Yes. It was November 2004, and the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. The advanced new radar on a nearby ship, the USS Princeton, had detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapon system officer in the back seat, were ordered to investigate and found an area of white water in an otherwise calm blue sea. It appeared to them that an object about the size of a 737 was just under the water. So as we're looking at this, her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that got out, I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac-looking object, and it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. Do you ever drop your phone and it sort of bounces off the mm -hmm. countertop and then bounces off something else, and it's sort of, like, no, no predictable movement, no predictable trajectory, yeah. I guess. It was just... It was just like a ping-pong ball. No acceleration. Very, very random. Acceleration. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. So you're sort of spiraling down? Yep the tic-tac's still pointing north-south, it goes and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. So it's, it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. You want to see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like gone. And visible propulsion, right. no, no wings or anything to no. make it fly in our atmosphere? No, actually, when it turned and started coming up, it was kind of like, okay, because <laughs> we have nothing that goes that fast and just starts climbing at will. Seconds later, the Princeton reacquired the target 60 miles away. So in a matter like, of... Like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just appeared there. Mm -hmm. in, in seconds? Yeah. It was 60 miles away? Mm -hmm. 
Later, another flight crew encountered what they believed to be the same object and briefly locked onto it with a targeting camera before it zipped off again. They didn't get a visual on it, but they did get this flare footage, the the forward-looking infrared. So you've got the infrared image. Yes. And your eyesight. Yes. And the Princeton. The radar. All saying there is something out there. Yes. The Princeton had been tracking the anomalous objects for days. Dietrich says they were unarmed. You know, I felt the the vulnerability of not having anything to defend ourselves, to not having any rounds, anything on the rails. If this was, in fact, a hostile threat um, and we were engaged, I, I felt vulnerable. And then I felt confused when it disappeared. Dietrich says she briefed superiors about what they all saw. In no time, the story of their encounter spread quickly. Rumors like that spread within seconds. I would say with less than 30 minutes, the entire ship knew this happened. And what was the reception like? I actually thought it was kind of funny and started yeah. giving us a lot of grief. Ridicule. Yeah. Ridicule. Yeah. Yeah. They made cartoons, and Nothing. on the ship's TV, they played Men in Black and Independence Day and Signs. Signs. And so they, they, they made fun of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Did anybody take it seriously? Yeah, I believe the Admiral staff made a few phone calls, but that was the extent of it. Christopher Mellon served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence for Presidents Clinton and George W. Bush and was on the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He had access to top-secret government programs. He says what Dietrich and Fravor witnessed demonstrated technological capabilities beyond those of the U.S. military's most advanced aircraft. In the case of the Nimitz, they seem to, these vehicles seem to have unlimited loiter time which we don't have. We're limited in terms of of altitude. It's hard to design something that functions well at ground level that can go, you know, to 60,000 or 80,000 feet. And then drop. And then, yeah, and then drop down to the deck or drop to 20,000 feet, you know, and it's like a straight vertical line. In seconds? Yeah, in seconds. And this has been captured on radar? Yeah. I've talked to some of the radar operators who observe that. Then the acceleration is beyond any, far beyond anything that we, that we're capable of. So What's the, the fastest one of our jets can go? Probably for a very brief period of time, uh, 1,500 or 2,000 miles an hour. Um, nothing near the degree of acceleration that has been observed in some of these cases. There's nothing we could build that would be strong enough to endure that amount of force and acceleration. All right, gentlemen. So what did you think about that? Thoughts? Recollections? We are not alone. I think we're not alone, but I don't know what it is. There, where it's from. There's, there's things I know in this world, and there's things I know I don't know. And I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. And, and, and what I know, I'm a religious person. I believe that, that I have a Lord and Savior. Those are the things that I can't see that I know. And I was joking around with you when I first came in here about, like, is there a ghost in your basement? Right. Because I, that, it, and I didn't know if that would come up in the podcast. And I, I, I was willing to say, I don't know. Right. Do, I, do I believe there's ghosts in your basement? I don't know. And, and I, I kind of feel the same well, way about I'll, this whole... I need to stop you there. Ruben, what do you think about the ghost <laughs> in the basement? <laughs> He's not real. <laughs> yeah. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 
the universe is clearly so big that I think it's probably a little bit arrogant to think that we're completely alone. Thank right. you. Yep. Yes, that's the simplest way to put it. I yes, think, I think you're right. But I'm also I, I I believe we have to be smart enough to know to to know what we don't know, and that's just in, in life in general. Right. So there's a lot, for a long for decades, decades and decades, the Pentagon and federal government has disavowed any knowledge of any UFOs, any extraterrestrial at all. Period. Just now all of a sudden that's not the case well, and in fact next month uh, there's a report that's due out that uh, is a lot more uh, in depth that was this is how things work sometimes so part of the first COVID relief package under the Trump administration worked in that package was a deal where the Pentagon had to release documentation on and they're, they're changing the terminology it used to be UFO unidentified yeah. flying object now the terminology is UFP. UFP, right. Is that it? it yes. You, unidentified phenomenon. Yeah, unidentified flying p- phenomenon. Phenomenon, yeah. So they, they've changed the, the terminology a little bit. Well, that bit. makes it so much more believable when you well, change the... Well, well the, it, oh, it opens it up I, well, to so, more, well, I think. Well, so what I think it is, is the term UFO has got such a negative Negative, right. like the, the, It's like Roswell. Yeah, yeah. and right. if you listen to those two pilots... When they got back on their ship, they were more or less made fun of for right. reporting this. They were, right. Even though th- that ship picked them up 60 miles further after it, and then another aircraft picked that same thing up after that and filmed that. Well, and you, you'd go into the, just and briefly into this. How many, you know, you talk about the, the government has denied it, everybody's denied it, media's denied it. How many people's lives and careers were ruined because they saw or said something had what they said was proof and was it proof who knows now anymore but how many lives and careers were destroyed because they came out and said hey i believe in this or i saw this so you you got to look at that part of it too is you know are those people if they're still alive are they finally going yes finally you know i'm vindicated but but you know they've lost their whole lives yeah. So the terminology is unidentified aerial phenomenon. A- AEP. AEP. Well, now U-A- we're changing two letters. Yeah. UAP. So, so talking about the past, and this is pretty amazing. So, Wikipedia, which is, you know, supposed to be <clears throat> supposed to be the real. They have the entire list of recorded UFO, and when they may mean recorded, more than one person and a group of people. Saw something. Saw something. It goes all the way back into 1700s. In the 1900s, I mean, it's crazy when you go through the whole list. Hundreds. So something's going on out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in the same agreement. I think we're a little bit arrogant or naive to think that we're it. Um, Small-minded. Right, right. That. You know, and then you start getting into the into the weird thoughts. Is what if we're just a petri dish? You know, <laughs> if you look at the somebody spit poorly. Well, <laughs> well, it's like if I you mean, ever the, watched the Men in Black movies. Yeah, the one movie we ended up being a little right globe. We're a little globe. So you start yeah. thinking about that. You know, with our technology, or and these are coming here. Are we just a petri dish for somebody's playing with? And then they're every once in a while they throw something down to stir it up. 
you know, just make, just to make you think. Not that I believe. You know, it, here's funny here's something that I, I look at, and you guys, you all, the three of you out of four, you know, I'm a way outside thinker, right? <laughs> <laughs> if that's is that okay, that's what we'll call it. Okay, that's what we'll call it. But okay, let's let's just bear with me for a minute. If there are people, not if there are there are actually people in this world that think that all this stuff is connected, that. There are people that have practiced that slowly spoon feeded us the opportunity or the understanding of space of extraterrestrial. There are people that think that COVID was done as part of a preparation plan to get people back into home. There are people that thinks that think that this now is a final coming of the understanding of something actually out there. So if you think on those lines, and I'm saying I do. I'm saying there are people that think that way. <laughs> Disclaimer: some of the stuff I can make. There, there are also people that believe the world is flat. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Right. So, so, and there's also some that don't, don't believe we ever landed yeah, so on the moon. What I find, That's true. What I find, <laughs> I'm going to be you. honest here. What yeah, I find, those are the same people. No, they're not. <laughs> so here you go. What I find amazing is Mr. Rubin doesn't believe we landed on the moon i don't and i'm gonna stand by that and that's fine that's my belief uh and, the, and for the record let's put that on the record that the three of these people have never showed me proof and i have never showed them proof but but in the same sense there is a group of people out there that think that this even COVID was a a pre-sec to telling getting people back to being in the home and to be developing a secure sense of of self-awareness or self-protection for something that could be coming. There is yeah, a group see, of people, not me. I, I don't know that, that, but feel that. I do believe that. So there's a couple things. So Curtis talked a little bit about being religious. Uh, all of us are All here. of us are. So much. some people will say, well, how can you believe that there's life in other planets and be religious? Well, here's why. Because what, What's the dichotomy in that? Because on day four. Right. So on day four of Genesis... God created the sun, the moon, the stars. So that's your other right. planets. We were created on the sixth day. So well, who's to say that we're God's only creation? Right. right. We are arrogant to say that. And, right. And for us to believe, we only know what we know. We only know what we know, what we're taught. We don't know what's going on in other worlds or galaxies, if that's the case. If that's the case. I'm not saying I do, but I... For us to believe that we are the only one in this vast thing called space that's out there to think that we're the only thing that, in we think biblical terms, let's think biblical terms, that we are the only people that God created. We only know what we know here on Earth. We don't know that there was another, right? right? So, okay. Well, you've got to realize that God is bigger than this Earth. Thank you. Absolutely. And and then that all ties in. That's right. That's right. So... The bourbon's kicked in good, so I'm losing my train of thought. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Squirrel just happened. So some people will say, well, why did why has the government changed their position? Because up until several years ago, they dismissed every U, UAP, I guess right. we're going to call it now, right. as not true. Now all of a sudden you have the Pentagon saying, yeah, there's something out there. So why the change? I, uh, do you think maybe that could be just because with the growth of technology and, and, and how we can interact with each other that it's it's hard, harder to hide information? Well, I think that, and I think there's a couple things. So 
if the government just came out and said, hey, there are aliens here. They're going to be here Friday. Hysteria. Massive. So here's what happens. You have religious. Now, we're religious, but we're open-minded. You have religious organizations in this world that would freaking collapse. You have countries that would collapse because they were based on religion that says there's nobody else but us. Uh, you'd have mass hysteria. I think it's, uh, and I, I think Dwayne said off air said something. You know, it's, 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 they're releasing information slowly. Right. And I also believe, as does our good friend Maddie Blake, that through cinema in, in years, there's, the government has spoon feeding, spoon fed. There, there's a, a close encounters of the third kind. So there's a lot, there's, talk and been a lot of talk is that spielberg actually there was a government official on site saying don't do it quite like this do it like this right so i think there's some spoon feeding going on i i think there's no doubt you know that there's something out there what is what is it it may not be from space so i'm a big fan of skinwalker ranch you guys watch that show so, at all hey, hey I I, not. I, that's interesting i'm glad that came up you know and, and we talked in the last episode about you know i about me not wanting to get right. into all these different things, but right. this seems to be like this a big thing right now. Skinwalker Ranch, I and I, it. and I, oh, I'm really curious it's, what what that's all about. For some reason, that has captured my yeah. So um, one of the curiosity. things, one of the theories is curiosity. <laughs> yeah, one sure, of the theories sure. is there. It may be an interdimensional thing. So imagine a wormhole here and a wormhole here, and they they mix, and the place they collide happens to be this space right here so you have people that come from one side and another side go back in go back out uh that's one of the theories on skinwalker in fact they're setting up a big laser grid to see because they'll see things and then it'll be gone sort of like a ufo so what's to say the ufos aren't interdimensional and not flying from outer space in but from other dimensions in i mean there's so many if you keep your mind open there's so many different possibilities i guess well, and the neat thing with skinwalker ranches i mean they've got a astrophysicist I, I mean this and he's there and the first i saw the first episode and and he told him he said look i'm here to disprove all of this i'm here to you know to do the testing to do you know get the information on it to prove that this isn't the stuff isn't happening and then like five episodes in he's like basically what the hell is happening here he just you know no explanation for things that are going on when when we were kids I, i'm a little bit of a different generation than most of you here but when i You're was here. a kid anyway yeah. when just watch when, it. When, when we when we did science fair experiments they they said you know if you prove yourself wrong that's not a failure right and right. And, and, and that's what the the guy you just described in skinwalker ranch it, it, it's not a failure of that experiment right that's science right right but he was going in there you know as the skeptic trying to disprove some of the so have you watched this season at no, all i haven't I've, so. I've got it taped so he's easy blah 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 <laughs> i haven't watched any of it so. well the first the first episode so he's driving back there he goes i went there last year to say oh i did see that and, one. and it's like i'm coming back this year because i couldn't answer what was going on i mean there's one guy had swelling in his head had to go to the hospital was just there nothing they were watching some yeah they have and, elevated radiation just all kind of strange and this has been going on for years yeah decades 
Now, now I'm kind of excited to watch it. I mean, Tuesday night. Tuesday well, nights. It does, it's Netflix. It's on whatever you want. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So, I need to watch it. I have so, so on the 60 Minutes clips, they all, outside of the extraterrestrial Well, so discussion. let's stop there. So it was never extraterrestrial. It was just a unidentified uh, Unidentified. Doesn't say. So that's what I'm saying. So outside of that, that connotation that it's extraterrestrial, they referenced... Is it military? Is, is it, it China? Is it is it is it, is it they, they did other, other governors? They they, they leaned did. into that a little because, bit. What I remember seeing because I watched that. I think it was last last uh, Sunday on yeah. sixty yeah. minutes, yeah. and yeah. and they talked about the rapid. I believe they talked about the rapid movement they did. from one the guy way to from another. The Pentagon that it's just not possible. Said we have right. we don't have, and neither does any other country. A the technology to make those moves or the material or be the material well, that would stand those moves so i and i you know i believe the united states military has probably the most advanced weaponry and systems in the world probably so i you know i just don't you know you know our other other countries around the world i think are a distant second probably and so if if it's anybody i would have to say it's the u.s government so i guess it would be my hope that if it is military it's the u.s government and so when, when trump started the space force yeah was that was that more about about protecting us from other countries or was it Maybe more about the extraterrestrial. Thank you, Jeff. I wanted to hear. I, think, I wanted so to ask I, I that I said question. that from day one. People laughed when he started Space right. Force. I didn't. Now, it doesn't always have to come from space. We have a pretty big ocean. It's pretty deep. That's right. Right. That's right. That nobody knows what's down there. Dimensional. Right. That's fact. If you watch the X Files. It's up in. Uh, where was it up in a San Augustine Trench, right? <laughs> well, no, somewhere up in a, in an ice ice right. shelf somewhere opens up, and there's a you know spaceships there. I it's mean, been there for yeah. years. I mean, there's there's so many different possibilities, right? That um, I I for one think it's some exciting times coming here. Now I may not think so if some laser toting guys come out. Well, here's the thing is, (laughs) regardless of all that, I think the biggest concern we have as humans is each other. I don't really think, (laughs) grind, uh, I really don't think any issue is that we're we're aliens. I think we're more concerned, I'm more concerned about how humans are going to react on each other if something was to come out. I believe that's why it's been a slow release. We ran out of toilet paper when they shut the country down. You know, (laughs) what what do you think is going to happen in rights? Right. Oh yeah, it'd be so, massive. And I don't think the other thing is everybody thinks green Martians. So I'm not sure that's. I, you know, I, I don't think we're probably even in the right realm of thinking. If, what, if what what what's out there? If you think on t- terms of scientific scientific wise, okay, scientific wise, the human body, the world around us, everything is is developed of intelligent design. And if you go back and you study intelligent design and understand the the purpose of or the actual proof of intelligent design is there it goes back to prove a, a a divinity of of a godly thing something that created us and and when you look at that 
and understand and you study, understand the godly thing of the world. We were designed by an incredible being, which I consider God, and putting us in divine proportion. And all of us and everything on earth is divinely proportioned. And you, it's mathematically divinely proportioned, and you can look and improve it and see it for yourself. I don't, I don't know that it's, it is actually something for us to be scared of. I think it's that we're more. I should be more, or you should be more worried about how the human reaction to what may come is well, over the godly thing. Yes. In my opinion, yeah. So it's reaction. It is. It really it's all is. reaction. So. You know, I, I'll be honest, I prior to this interview, I could care less what 60 Minutes had to say right. after the interview with Governor DeSantos, which came out totally opposite of how the interview actually happened. But he was able, the next two or three days, to release, release hey, this is the uncut version. Right. This right. is what really happened. So, in my mind, if this video about the UFOs with Navy flyers with a ex-Pentagon official was false in any way. The Pentagon would come out right away and said, "Hey, this is not true." But they didn't. They didn't. Right. Right. Well, again, and I, we 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 talked about this a little bit. So again, my my uh, impression of sixty minutes, even before the DeSantis thing, has been in the toilet. But what I, here's what I struggle with, and I we, you know we we kick this around. Here's what I struggle with. So if these so-called journalists from 60 Minutes and from that broadcast, they put it out there, <clears throat> why aren't they harping our government about answering the questions? They're not. Well, they don't have to because in the next couple of weeks, it's already written it's already in law to, there, there's to release it. But still, but still, since when, since when hasn't a high, I mean, you're, again, you're talking about a story that is, you know, the way we're talking about it here is beyond this world, so right? And people I'll, are, I'll, are legitimizing it, and I'll, I'll it is back. not. It is not so important to the to the broadcasters who have laid this out uh, on 60 Minutes to to go to the 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 uh, press and and push the press secretary to answer questions. That's right. That's right. But I think this uh, just, is part of the slow release. This just What's that got to do with a journalist? A big, they're uh, not journalists. They're, they're, they're direct, a tool. They're being directed. They're, being, they're just a tool. Journalists nowadays aren't journalists. So, they're directed so at what they're doing. You're, so you're saying the Pentagon is running our, our media? I'm I, saying I the think government the is. government is. They're a, I they're would a, believe that. They're another branch that's not elected. If here's the thing is, <laughs> that's, is a, that's some North Korea shit there. But yeah. look at, yeah. but, well, you're yeah, right. But you're go right. look, go look at the last, go look at the last year. Go look right now. What just came out? Rand Paul just confronted Fauci about where COVID came from, originated from, and, a year and, ago. And that narrative's changing right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, because it now it's coming from back from the lab, which they said no way it could have been when. Well, when Trump said it couldn't come from there. You know, it was ridiculed. The media just attack, attack, attack. Now that it's come out, there's so, no, so, but there's the, nothing about but it. But my so. point is, Dwayne, is is the media, again, for their hate for Trump, were all on that page. Now the media has come out and exposed, exposed this 
uh, phenomena, if that's what we want to call it, and got people coming out and, and they're interviewing them and they're saying, you know, this is this is a real thing, and they're not willing to go to the press secretary no. and say, what is this about? Because I agree with Alan. I think it is a controlled, slow release. Well, then, then, then we don't have a media anymore. And we he don't. said this is this is a North Korea thing. It's it's it is. it's over. When, when it is. I mean, I mean, I'm going to go back to Ruben's point. You want to you want to worry about something? Oh, I know. That's what you worry about. Well, I've I've been saying for years. I mean, right. that's what I've been worried about. We have no Here, media. Here's it, the thing: is is it, you got to take it down to the roots, guys. All right, stop, stop, and take it to the roots. We are two thousand twenty one years from the birth of Christ, and if something like this comes out, it changes everything's in the view of the of what we've been taught, what we hear. No, we're not bred, BC anymore. Yeah, it's going to yeah. change that view for a lot of people. Well, okay. but, but, but not for me. I mean, not so again, for you. We, 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 talk, we talked about not it for you, group. Jeff, we, but we, it will be for millions of people that won't well, that, understand that. That may be. It's, it's only because they don't understand the, the concept of, exactly. of the divinity. Okay. Right. So, and, and, and that is what it is, right? Right. So I, I, I separate the two completely, like we talked about here. Yes. For us to assume that we're alone right. is... You know, is I, I think is crazy when you talk about how big the universe is and how big God is. Right. Okay. Right. Thank you. And and so, but uh, you know, to to bring it back to where we live here and now, again, uh, we have plenty to worry about here with our own people. Thank we you. always have. I mean, yes. There's always been evil in this world. Yes. I would have to assume there's evil in other worlds. Yep. Right. If we're going to assume you that there's life, you can't be godly elsewhere. unless you have evil. That's it, right. Well, right? and our minds are only so big. We can only sure. We, we can only focus on so much. And, and right. here, this has gotten really deep to me. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know that I was expecting this podcast to get so deep, and that's fine. Sometimes it does, but rarely. That's but. okay. It's great. I, I don't know that I can worry so much right. about these things that I can't control that are out of my universe. Right. 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 So God put me here on Earth. He and right. more specifically in North America and the United That's States right. and Indiana and Batesville. And all I can do is is do the best for those people that I touch. That's right. Them. So right. I guess I just don't worry about this crap. That's that the much. part you have to process forward once you go through this, right? I, I, but we're all talking about ifs and buts and candy yeah, and nuts, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, what we're talking I mean, about. me per- I'm not worried about it because there's nothing you're going to do to change what's coming. So that's the first thing. I just look at, well, I'm not going to have a big yeah, effect on it. The only thing you it. can change is how you react. Right, right. So, so my my answer, though, is... I, I ordered am, 27 cases of toilet paper. I have already ordered mine. Uh, oh, man. I, and, and a whole bunch of jerky. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I have been like the uh, penny on the railroad tracks derailing conversations here, and I'm going to do it again because I keep hearing you guys bring up toilet paper. And when um, there, when, when this major ter- toilet paper shortage happened, before it happened, Charmin came up with this giant mega super roll. It was like it was like two feet across. I'm not going to be like Alan and show with my hands. <laughs> I'm really, it was like two feet across. How big was it? <laughs> it, was like, it, was it was this big. big. <laughs> so it, I ordered this huge, and I ordered three of them specifically, and each one's supposed to last a month. I have three girls and a wife, so each one lasted a couple weeks. But uh, and, and Andrea made fun of me. She said, why would you order this giant, crazy roll of toilet paper? And I was like, I don't know. And this was before COVID, and I was like, it's kind of cool to have. 
And then the toilet paper shortage hit. I'm a genius. And who was looking really good. <laughs> right. Walking around town and, with his roll yeah. over his shoulder. And now we have an alien invasion you're going to have to worry about. you got to plan twice So, so much, think about right? I mean, we're laughing about it. But look, here's, here's the fact of the matter. At that point in time, it was supposed to be a two-week lockdown. Right. Okay. No, just think just, about it. Yeah. Just two weeks. Okay. What ensued was mass panic buying toilet paper, buying paper towels, buying everything Anything. out of the store for two weeks. For two weeks. For a two-week right. period. Well, that's just because people are irrational. Right. So, right. so what, what? what happens if alien lands next, in next White month, House? They say, yeah, there are aliens. And in fact, we've been talking to them and we got a peace treaty that are landing at the White House next week. What do you think freaking happens then? Then those all those people in the bunkers, they don't look so stupid now, do they? I'm exactly. more concerned about buying enough petroleum jelly for KY jelly for an infant. <laughs> I'm not sure what's up with the KY jelly. But. Well, I mean, look at a probe, a little lot of probing going on. So. We had a peace treaty, Ruben. You took it from peace to probing. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> Old wood, good wood. <laughs> so, how much wood? <laughs> so, how how much longer are we talking about aliens? Uh, we're about done here. For so, this as the guest, I'll call myself the very special guest. I, I'm going to call very, myself that. Very yeah, special. Very, yeah, very special. Very yeah. special. I, and and an avid listener of this podcast. And now the curtain has been removed. No. <laughs> I, I've been to the rusted nail speakeasy, and there's a lot of questions I have, and are questions I've had that now have, have revealed themselves to me. One of them was the song, I came here for just one drink. Hey, Who that's sang pretty, it? That's I, I, good. Was it? Was it Johnny Cash? Was it Merle Haggard? I didn't know. I didn't know. It's, it's, some, it's the one and only it's Chad, Chad Allen. Allen. Chad Allen. Chad Allen. Okay. Chad Allen is the most also famous, the most famous key, the most famous country singer in Key West. That's it. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, wonderful. AKA okay. Allen. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So when I was in Key West, recorded a couple CDs, and that was the title track to one of them. That's Just really. One I, and I, I was I was telling yeah it, it's one of these songs I really kind of like it but then I just want it the hell out of my head that's because <laughs> you're driving along thinking man just one drink just, I'd be all over it right? oh man no I'll be like on my way to work and then I hear Alan's voice in my head <laughs> other things about like this mysterious curtain that has been removed now that I've been here and been part of the podcast I thought. Like this introduction every time you actually spoke. What a and, bunch of and, and now idiots. he's, so, he's going to cut this out because he doesn't want the mystery removed. So, but like a lot of the opening thing, he just pushes a button. We'll see. Now we'll go <laughs> back in time. About four weeks ago, that all was still live. This yeah. is all yeah. just with, adva- with, We've with Alan's advancement and upgrades. We're getting more upgraded. So, so yeah. in case you didn't know, the guy at the beginning that says you're listening to Cross the Line, that is the same guy that says... Could it be on Oak Island? On Oak Island. That's the narrator. Is that that Alan Alan Robert? Robert 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 This guy right here. Old wood? Good wood? How much wood? It's wood, okay? So we interviewed Robert Clotworthy. He's Um, the same guy. He's the guy that always says, could it be? 
He's in the, the narrator swamp. of yeah, Oak He's Island. the narrator and, skin, and Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Okay, okay. He's so. also the co-star uh, of American Sniper. He was played the doctor oh, in gr- American Sniper. A great uh, movie. Yeah. 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 He that played the doctor. Great movie, better book. If you haven't yeah. listened to that that podcast, listen to that podcast. Yeah, that's a good yeah, podcast. We, we were talking before we went on that, or, or I think in the middle of the two podcasts, yeah. we did like, what podcast do you guys listen to? Yeah. And uh, that, that was a really interesting conversation, and I learned yeah, about so, a lot of new you know, podcasts. Yeah, so, Talk about that a little bit. So I'm a big, you know, Matty. We Matty's a friend of the show, so I always listen to his podcast. Um, and normal. in fact, we're gonna. I'm gonna work. I'm working on getting him on here to talk about what we just talked about. Okay. Uh, after the dossier is released, cool. so he's big into that as well. So I thought that would be a good podcast, not to talk about Oak Island or any of his other shows, but talk about. Cool. Whatever comes out of the federal government. So, so I listen to that. I listen to you know, two shots on the barrel. I listen to one called to um, uh, digging deep or uh, what's the one you just. Uh, Say, it's hard for me to watch, listen to him anymore because my drive to work is so, yeah. so short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have an hour drive. Yeah, I used to have a three-hour drive but to work. What are you like? You're 20 minutes, right? Yeah. 20 minutes. So, so, I mean, you can get a, co- a good half, podcast. I go half a couple half. drives. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ruben, you just do like Tony does. Start a little early. Go around the block four or five times and... And, yeah, Tony, uh, we're going to try to keep this one to a little bit over an hour. So I, I listen to a lot of Stuff You Should Know and How I Built This. Yeah, so Stuff yeah. You Should Know yeah. is an awesome podcast. It is good. So, in fact, I don't know if you do you know. You probably don't know this. I'm getting ready to open a radio station in town. So one of the things, Stuff You Should Know is one of the podcasts we're going to play on there. Cool. Besides ours and a, a couple other it's, ones. It's just, it's so universal uh, of just interesting. Right. It's awesome. Right. It's it, awesome. And it's not necessarily any, anything opinionated or anything. No, it's not at all. It's really just, weird topics, and some of them are off the wall. And I'll get my phone out. I, I'm a big runner, and I listen to podcasts when I run. And I'll, I'll get and see what I haven't listened to yet, and there'll be a subject there that it's like weird as hell. And when we talked about a toilet paper shortage uh, just a minute ago, and the other day I was getting ready to go for a run, and they had a, a, a podcast on toilet paper. I'm like, how can you do that? But then they'll talk an hour about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, could, we could probably do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we do. So it doesn't so, mean our podcast is full of bleep. But. So Curtis, so if you if you if you follow like even just this podcast we've went from laughs and fun to fairly serious into the world stuff and then back to <laughs> and and have you noticed when it gets really serious that's when i just kind of put my headphones down and go get a beer <laughs> but some some like, people some people like that part yeah i'm kidding sort of <laughs> so so but you know on, on a more serious note you know We've all got our own kind of health things going on. Ruben, Ruben's recently had a knee problem. So, and you, you've had some work done. It's done, uh, yeah. I, I had an orthopedic issue this week, and it's, it's addressed it. It's very, done very well. So, it's uh, improved You had greatly. a knee surgery? I didn't have surgery. I, I met with a, uh, a orthopedic surgeon, oh, yeah. and uh, I'm in much better shape. I struggled for about six weeks there with unbelievable pain but so curtis you should be proud of your employee for it because what i understand he was such a good patient i never missed it he got a sticker he got a sticker i don't use the term employee i I don't use the term partner i don't like it okay okay but but your co-worker got a sticker for being brave being being brave (laughs) i got one of those at the dentist my wife she calls she goes out there and says he needs a sticker for a brace so I can take a picture of him. 
thought, shut up. So like, but I can tell you, no, uh, you ever take a cortisone in a joint? Let me tell you, a cortisone shot in a joint is like driving a, a ten-penny nail in it with a sledgehammer. It, oh my god! As a young guy. I've had more injuries, surgeries, broken bones than what you would believe. I uh, shattered my ankle. Oh. Uh, broke at least three or four bones in there. That was about, oh, seven, eight years ago. Uh, swinging from a rope swing. And I did not have a single beer in me. I was on the Ohio River right that across was the your problem. problem. That's the problem. <laughs> that was the problem. That, that was uh, right across from Riverbend Music Center. I know Bro- where it is. <laughs> broke a uh, couple... Uh, vertebrae, uh, oh. compression fractures in my back, and a wow. snow skiing accident. Again, not a single beer in me. There you go. And then the most recent one, do you know what a lime scooter is? No. A lime scooter or a uh, Sounds like a bird or a bird scooter? <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you go into these big cities, they've got these oh, scooters. Yeah. Everywhere, and you, and you can uh, rent them. You, you, you use your cell phone and scan something, and it unlocks it. That time, I did have a few. Uh, beers on me and if you see this the scar and I know we're on a podcast so you can't see it but you guys can see it I had a surgery to my my uh, wrist um, was in downtown Indianapolis going about three blocks I had no reason to need to get on a scooter I'm, I'm an avid runner I've run uh, about 20 half marathons in my life but to go three blocks is like I'm gonna get on this scooter after I've had about 12, 14 beers. I'm going to get on the scooter. <laughs> this sounds like a, a logical decision. Yeah, and I, I I crashed the scooter onto a pothole right in front of the police station. <laughs> and I turned into the police station thinking that it was my hotel. I wasn't anywhere near my hotel. Not anywhere near my hotel. So, and it's not where you wanted to spend the so night. I wanted to point out the fact that he mentioned he's 38. When you're when you're 55, like the rest of us, you're gonna fill every one of those. Man. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Trust me. It, it's, yeah. it's already started. But now we know why you're so protected of your daughters. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Because those genetics have, got passed down. Yeah. <laughs> the Gilman genes run deep. Oh goodness, goodness. So it's been a fun time here at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with Cross the Line 1524/69. Curtis lives in Ripley County, which is 69. No Don't take that the wrong way, ladies. So for Cross the Line 1524, <laughs> I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bishop, Jeff Montag, Curtis Gilman, and we'll see you next time. What a fun, fun podcast with Curtis Gilman uh, talking about first uh, our good friend Dwayne's racing and then talking about the UAP. Um, so, you know, no matter what you believe, we're going to find out here in a couple weeks uh, when the dossier comes out from the Pentagon. We talked about mass fear and mass panic. Some of us laughed it off. Some of us didn't. For those of you who aren't old enough, and actually none of us are old enough to remember this, but this is a little bit of history. In 1938, there was a radio show. lasted one hour. It was hosted by Orson Welles. There's a book written by H.G. Uh, Wells called The War of the Worlds. So an hour-long radio show, uh, Orson Welles talked about we were being invaded. It caused mass hysteria. It, it was crazy. They changed the laws after that on radio. Uh, there were even disclaimers within the show 
Uh, if you do a little history, a lot of people tuned into the show after the disclaimer, though, because they were listening to something else, a variety hour that went off. Then they tuned in to listen to War of the Worlds. Uh, Common Day, you've probably seen the movie. Uh, I believe Tom Cruise was in it. But it caused mass hysteria. Uh, and that was back before cell phones, social media, just listening to a one-hour radio show. So that's kind of where some of us are coming from. That's why it's, we think things are slow release. But that's just our opinion. So we've had a great time. If you like what we're doing, leave us a positive review and a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you use. So for Jeff Montag, Dwayne Bischoff, Ruben Hunt, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line 1524. Ain't no attention to the bottle, the Out the door.